You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Geek's Watch on the Geek Elite Media Radio Network. Mitch, take it away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, listeners, we are practice doing our due diligence and practicing social distancing. We're all not in the same room. We are remote from our own homes, and we're going to do another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week, we are starting a brand new show. Well, it's it's brand new to like five or four of us on the show, where Steven has watched the whole first season. Uh, Russian oh, Doll came out last year on Netflix. Is that correct, Steven? Yeah, a year ago. A year ago. Uh, season two is supposed to be coming out here pretty soon uh, on Netflix. There's no official date, but I think one of the unofficial dates said April uh, 2020. So, really? Think, yes. One. So I think the idea is to try and get done the first season, which is only eight episodes, I believe. Uh, Sounds right. And then go right into season two. We can uh, we can do that, and then we'll see what we do after that. But uh, we're talking Russian Doll. So if you've watched it. Uh, we'd love to hear more from you about it, just like we did with Outsider. So, before we get to that, let's talk about our week's watch. And we're going to go a little bit out of order. Uh, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, this week, well, Sunday, just before everything shut down in the world uh, here in Arizona, um, we went and saw uh, the newest Bad Boys, Bad Boys 3. Which is Bad Boys for Life. life. Which yeah. I yeah, hate that. Why is it called For Life? <laughs> because of the song. I understand that, but like they could have did something life. else. <sighs> but in any case, it was an excellent movie. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, I enjoyed the action scenes. It was exactly what I expected and wanted from a Bad Boys movie. Uh, so I was glad we finally got a chance to go see it after three four failed attempts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice and it was a good one to end on for the foreseeable future since we won't be able to yeah. go see anything in theaters it was nice to to wash out the bloodshot <laughs> out of our out of our minds for the last movie we were going to see in the theaters for a while you guys um, saw Bloodshot? We did. It was awful. It was awful. It was going to be awful. Those are <laughs> shitty comics. Oh, no. We knew it was going to be awful. I knew it was going to be awful from the from the trailer, but and we said this last week, but Andy wanted me to be on Movies with Andy, so he wanted me to go watch that movie, and Elizabeth Bean, <laughs> as nice as she is, went with me, and uh, it yeah, was awful. it was a bad movie, but... The funny thing is that one of my biggest criticisms about Bloodshot is that it's it's such a 90s action movie, and yeah. this is Bad Boys for Life, which is a movie, you know, sequel from a 90s action movie. But it's aged well. It has aged well. And I just, I found it funny because, like, 
in that first Bad Boys movie, Martin Lawrence was the top build. Like, he was the bigger yeah. star. <laughs> now Will Smith is obviously the yes. big star, and it shows in the movie. <laughs> it does. But, yeah, no. Yes, it's a 90s action franchise, but it's just, it's done so much better. It's just so much better all around. The acting's better. The action's better. The writing is far better oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) markedly so Um, and and as as over the top as will smith's character is he's still pretty grounded as opposed to vin diesel's bloodshot character yeah so uh yeah um did anybody else get an opportunity to see this movie i did did you what'd you think yeah uh so there i i enjoyed it a lot um, I love that part where the camera flipped during the action scene mm-hmm. in like the big crescendo scene. That was awesome. And then um, another one that, that, I, that I thought was going to happen but didn't happen was uh, Martin Lawrence. I thought he was going to become the chief. That's a, You know, that's what I thought, too. I thought they were going to make him like the new um, captain. Like, mm-hmm. But then I also thought like, how is it that they made it so that, uh, like he he retired and then came back? Because he's bad. He's a bad boy for life. Yeah, I don't think that's how paperwork works. <laughs> <laughs> well, except the things that they were doing weren't particularly on the books, so I don't know that he necessarily came back. I think at the end of the movie, he is supposed to have been back on the force. Okay, that's what I think, but. Do you, does anyone else think 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt they're setting it up for more sequels with those younger people and his son? I don't oh, think it's sequels. Yeah. I think it's spinoffs. Yeah. I, I hate it. Because uh, <laughs> if you <laughs> if you remember from Bad Boys 2 um, uh-uh. with <laughs> Gabrielle Union, her character got a spinoff TV series. It's called LA's what? Finest with Jessica Alba. They, got, I think they only got one season. They might, they might still be working on the second season, but it was only available on Spectrum Cable. You had to have Spectrum Cable. You could watch it on the Spectrum Originals channel, which you know, uh, Dish Network has uh, Epics and Directv has Audience. Well, Spectrum has Spectrum Originals, so those uh, you'd have, to, you had to have that uh, internet service provider to get that show which was seemed very weird to do <laughs> that's a trash idea <laughs> <laughs> well it was originally supposed to be on nbc but nbc universal passed on it like after they shot the pilot <laughs> and they were like not you know but we've, we've sunk the money and we're, we're gonna go ahead and do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> exactly i imagine it was pretty expensive to get just galba so um but at that time now it'd be really 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 cheap no she's actually done really well with her naked products the the her home essential lines like that's why she hasn't act anymore because she did that she just became a billionaire what? yeah yeah <laughs> what <laughs> is that like just like uh Gwyneth paltrow's goop uh well goop is a is a lifestyle like website it, where they it's, talk it's about things snake oil bullshit nonsense <laughs> yeah that's that's what goop is hers is just more like uh, organic beauty products. Beauty products, yeah. So it's more and like Jessica Simpson, her line at Kmart, Walmart. I don't know. JC Penny, one of those things. She's a billionaire so because of that. Any, any stickers made with NASA technology? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Simpson has NASA technology clothing. 
No, I meant Goop has like, oh. stickers that are made with NASA technology. Okay. I don't know what kind of technology is used to make stickers. Probably a printer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's an official NASA printer? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Steven, what did you watch this week? So I watched, um, I, I don't, I, the only thing that I really watched in a big way, um, isn't necessarily even the thing that I want to talk about, but I watched <laughs> Lou over the wall on Netflix. What is that? Uh, it's, it's a movie, uh, it's an animated movie. It's from science Saru. They did the devil man cry baby series a while back and a couple other things. Um, what is it? Uh, night is short walk on girl. Um, they're, they're this animation company that has this really loose animation style. It's, it's still quality, a quality product, but they're just chugging it out because they're honestly taking a lot of shortcuts in the visuals that they're actually putting out. But they're still making something that's really good. And Lou Over the Wall is one that I was interested in for a long time, but it was damn near impossible to get on DVD or Blu-ray or anything. Um, essentially, there's this like... It's like a like um, it feels like a Disney Channel original movie that's animated in a lot of ways. Okay, um, but there's this, this kid. He ends up moving to this small town where his dad and his grandpa live, um, because his mom is out there making it big in the world as like a model or something like that. Uh, so he moves back to this dinky little town and he hates it there. But um, rather than being the the normal like about it kind of person, it's all turned inwards. Uh, and but he plays music. So two people that are there in the town convince him to join their band with him. And then the town has this whole lore about mermaids living in the area, but no one's seen one in a long time. But a mermaid comes up while they're playing music one time because she loves music. And hijinks ensue, and it was a really fun movie. Okay, so that is not the plot line I expected based off the title. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> At all. (laughs) (laughs) It's Lou over the wall. (laughs) Is that like the name of their band? No, like I think it's just um, like breaking the boundaries of the stuff because there is like this kind of like thing around the town. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know why it's named that either. (laughs) I I was picturing something along the same lines or a take on like, you know, Berlin during the Cold War or you know something along those lines where you've got a, a border of some kind and trying It's much to... more intense. <laughs> That's what the title suggested to me. <laughs> so is this an import? Yeah, it's 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 a Japanese one. Okay. So Yeah. It think... feels a lot more like classic Disney animation at a couple points. It's really weird. What's considered classic Disney? Like, like, um, like I would say like, uh, like there's, there's a lot of parts where people end up being like made to dance. Like oh. they're, they're not choosing to dance, but they're dancing as like a whole group. And it has this big kind of like swing feel to it of this, like, like twenties or thirties cartoons at times. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But you won't get that from the beginning of the movie. It's only later that that stuff comes in. You watch the beginning of it. You'd be like, why the fuck did he say this looks like Disney animation? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Jess, being the other person, I believe, that watches a lot of anime and is also into Disney, like, what, have you seen that sh- this movie? No, I haven't even heard of it, so Ooh. I'll have to check it out. Okay. It, w- anything else you could say about the, the movie there, Stephen? Uh, I don't want to give too much else away or anything, um, but 
the the other thing that I wanted to say to people is listen, like on, Onward is going to be on digital streaming services pretty soon here. Everyone should watch it. It's very good. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. Yes. Onward will be on Disney streaming soon. <laughs> uh, Jessica, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I've been watching it for a few weeks, actually. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 10 with my dad. Like your dad's not on the show. You've been watching it with him. No, I've been watching Your it dad's with Larry David? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Close, though. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, um, I think you know, I grew up watching Seinfeld with my dad. And he um, like eventually like kind of like once I turned 18, he's like, OK, let's try watching Curb Your Enthusiasm because yeah. it's a bit raunchier than Seinfeld, but kind of along the same humor. <clears throat> well, Larry David. So, um, but I, I just... I really like Kirby Enthusiasm's humor. I love improv and it's a ton of improv and just Larry David being like the worst person ever, but then also <laughs> kind of sort of being the most honest person ever <laughs> is just entertaining to watch. So I, I've heard before uh, Kirby Enthusiasm termed as being essentially the continued life of like an older George Costanza. Yeah, that, that really is basically what it is. I mean, George okay. Costanza was based off of Larry David, so that makes sense. Ah. I don't watch Seinfeld. Oh. oh. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 seasons of this show, I've not watched one episode of it. I just could never get into it. Um, I mean, is there anything in particular that drew... Because I, I liked Seinfeld, but is there anything in particular that drew you towards it other than watching it with your father? Um, I... I probably just how much I liked Seinfeld's just sort of like how people are actually really messed up humor oh, okay. and really selfish. It's just, I find it entertaining how utterly selfish Larry David can be. And like, there's a lot of times where I'm just like, Oh my God, he did not just say that. He did not just do that. And I just, but it's still, I don't know. I just find it funny. I, okay. That's, that's just, fine. Like, to find somebody that's such a bad person to be funny, but <laughs> so with its long hiatus in between seasons, especially this last season, right? Uh, did you see that there was any any difference in the show? No, not really. Um, I mean, the topics of this season, like it started out with his assistant accusing him of sexual harassment, and also the fact that his manager really looks like Epstein. Oh. So it's definitely pushing that humor of the Me Too movement. And just really I don't know. It's just he I I think he just like he I assume Larry David just kind of waits till he can have like a full season's worth of stuff to talk about. So Okay. That that makes sense. So Yeah. I mean, how does how do they and not that you have to give it away, but how do they tackle the episode where his assistant accuses him of sexual harassment and not be like insensitive <laughs> it is a little insensitive uh, okay because <laughs> i feel like he would be dismissive of it right right like that's, that's what his uh, yeah is. pretty much well what it was is like one of the things she accused him of is um she had a tattoo and he wanted to know it's like a really visible tattoo and he wanted to know why she got that tattoo like what the symbol was but she refused to talk about it like absolutely refused and he was like then why get the tattoo where I could see it kind of thing? Cause that's his point of view is like, 
if you got a tattoo that people could see, then clearly you want to talk about it. But he argued it like beyond the point that you should. Uh, like Larry David also, does. He had smudge on his glasses, so he grabbed like her scarf or something and clinged his glasses with it. Uh-huh. And that was how he, she he, accused yeah. him of. Yeah, he got in her personal space to do it. And it's just the, just. Yeah, I feel like got the, the, the idea he gets himself in is just ridiculous. And yeah, it is like it's showing you like I don't even know how to say it, but. It sounds like like the the idea of a person reaching out and cleaning their glasses with someone else's scarf sounds like the plot of an entire episode of Seinfeld. This is true. Yes. <laughs> like like they'd be like, what kind of person does that, Jerry? It's not a person's scarf, Jerry. You didn't watch Seinfeld. You can't make those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm is currently on HBO, and I believe you can watch it on, uh, I assume, on HBO Now or Go or whatever it's coming, whatever you have HBO-wise. Uh, Stevens was on Netflix, if we didn't get past that, if I didn't say that earlier, and Elizabeth's movie is in the theater, but you can't go to the theaters to watch movies. So, <laughs> on to John. John, what have you watched this week? I'm going to guess it's well, The Next Generation. No. Well, yes, that's an ongoing thing. But uh, to spice it up a little bit, just before uh, the lockdown really got serious and we still had some modicum of freedom, Jeez. I went and watched Onward. Oh, yes. Yes. We have now all so, seen it. <laughs> yes. I, I finally feel like I can fit in with the group again. <laughs> and I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um. It just had so many cool tropes of like, you know, the taking the fantasy setting in a modern day environment. I feel like it accomplished a lot of what I wanted out of Bright, the Netflix original. I won't, um, I won't, I won't sit here and have you bash Bright. I liked Bright. Yeah. Liked Bright too. But, yes, but should, you're great. also the odd man out not loving Onward. I didn't love Onward. This is true. I liked it. I didn't love it. You're we should all do Smith a apologist, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if we all went through the original script for Bright together. That would be awesome. <laughs> because the original script is different than the, what was shown? Drastically. Oh, well, I can understand that. Michael Landis is writing as opposed to David Ayers coming in and changing it up to what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And it, that was the thing that they talked about a whole lot afterwards. But I digress. I'm sorry, John. Continue with Onward. Yes. So, <laughs> keeping with the Pixar tradition... Um, I was really delighted by the story and the way it was told. Uh, I didn't expect to feel things, uh, but I should have that. Um, there was definitely a couple of points where I was like, oh man, it's going to get me. But I managed to choke it down. And um, I just really, really enjoyed all the little details. Like this is one of those movies where I just want to pause it and just soak in everything that's in the environment. Mm-hmm. from like the logos i mean every time um what was his name bardley was on screen yeah. i was just staring at his jacket because i wanted to see all the different band names that he had on it <laughs> and i noticed too there's the level of rendering and detail on pixar is insane now there was a part where you could see the shadow from the stitching on one of his patches like shift dynamically and i was like yeah. wow 
So a part of that, that. So <laughs> a part of that stuff is actually they started using this new lighting engine with a lot of animated movies. One of the first ones that we saw it in was uh, the Lego movie, the first one. And we've seen it get used in animated movies since then, and it just changes everything. Yeah, it really gives it a much more realistic feeling that's bordering on, like, is this real? But, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it has that fakeness to it. I don't know, I just really like the whole Dungeons & Dragons themes that were thrown throughout it. Um, especially with... Uh, I don't know, some of those jokes that they played around with. I feel like this is one of those movies that would be justified in being a series just to see more of this world. Okay. Um, you know, the way they played with uh, the van being the, the noble steed <laughs> up until its heroic ending and um, the idea that magic was real, but it's just kind of been forgotten or, you know, that was something that I liked about Game of Thrones is that, yes, magic was real, but it just kind of went away, not really sure why, and then it started to kind of reemerge. So mm -hmm. something like that, um, that kind of plot line is something I, I really like. So overall, really, really enjoyed it, loved it. Hope that maybe they make more out of it, but if not, it was pretty good movie overall. So the, in, in the movie, they like. I think it's a movie that can only exist if it existed in like the late 80s or now because of D&D &D saturation. Mm. Mm. Uh, but there's a thing that happens in the like quote unquote like final battle kind of thing that's the most D&D &D bullshit that you could have <laughs> possibly done and I was so here for it. I mean, it's been out for quite a while now. I, I think you can go ahead and talk about it. It was out for what, two weeks in theaters? Uh, I think it was a little longer than I that. I think it's been three, yeah. three or four weeks at this point. Oh, is it safe? Should we do it? I think it's okay. I mean, people don't spoilers, want to hear it. Yeah, spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. Uh, skip forward next yeah. next three minutes. No, well, yeah, like, well, I won't even need to do three minutes. I don't know if you guys have things to talk about for spoilers for it. But the thing <laughs> I'm going to say would just be like, you can take your headphones out and put it back in and that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> we might um, want to discuss it afterwards. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So three minutes. Um, uh, the part where he, um, the, the staff gets pushed away from him get chucked away from him and he pulls the sliver out of his hand and then uses the growing spell thing. I was like holy shit you rolled a 20 man yeah. <laughs> like he came into his own as a magician that is one thing I'll have to give this movie a lot of props for it it does a lot of uh, like set up and payoff in this movie like there's a, like the enlarged spell the splinters like they set up splinters from the thing like since the beginning of the movie yeah. the mm -hmm. whole uh yeah. the the head the tail light went after the truck like gets or the van gets destroyed like him putting it away like i i was like honestly i just thought that was a keepsake because he he needed it to remember the, the van but then he uses yeah. it later to fool the the dragon i was like oh that was pretty good like they did a lot of setup and payoff like more than most movies do nowadays and it wasn't even like bad setup and payoff. No, like you can watch any like TV show or anything, and it's always like, oh yeah, and all that piece of paper they zoomed in that's going to be important. Later. Yeah, exactly. But the uh, all the scenes where they did something that paid off later, like um, like with the headlight and the splinter thing, like they seemed like they were being played for their own comedic value. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I like as a person who watches things a lot, reads things a lot, like I wasn't like, ah, oh, it's going to be important. I was fooled into thinking that existed for its own sake in that moment. Right. And that, and that doesn't happen often. No, that doesn't happen. Often. That's and that's the best type of setup and payoff. So, yeah. I'll give them that. <laughs> <laughs>
So I wanted to say this about uh, Onward. It is such a good movie that it has gotten itself its own mockbuster uh, animated movie. So like in the same way as Transformers and Transmorphers and Pacific Rim and Atlantic Rim, you can find the animated movie Homeward on VOD. It's uh, starring Joey Lawrence and Tom Green. Um, <laughs> here's the description on IMDb. A boastful elf and his prank-happy orc brother must learn <laughs> to work together to stop a fiendish orc gang from retrieving a magical stone that will give them the power to take over the world. Uh, the brothers' names are Lloyd Lightspinner and Barl light spinner wow. <laughs> oh, shit. They, they, they played it so close they really did that is like, yeah like like they, they, they just basically made a star or star wars mockbuster and they were like yeah cloud walker like jesus christ i come i came across that uh earlier this week and i just i was just laughing at how the someone must have wrote that after at least seeing the script for Onward and just like, you know what, we got to get on this and it's it's two magical brothers and they're going on a quest kind of thing. It doesn't look awful. <laughs> this is like, let me copy your homework, but change it just a little so they can't tell. Dude, it's, it's, it's pretty solid visually. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you looking at the trailer right now? I'm I'm looking at like different stills from it. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong, the orc brother. It's just Ralph from Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, I think I'm in. <laughs> well, I think I know what Steven's week's we watch will be yeah. next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one. Oh, there, there's a bit of uh, breaking news in the comic book world. I don't know if you guys uh, saw it yet. Uh, probably not. So um, we just got some brand new uh, canonical knowledge about a couple characters. Okay. Um, so uh, a guy reached out to Donny Cates on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and said that he um, imagines that Shor- Thor shaves with lightning. Like he waves Mjolnir over his face and little bolts of lightning come out, um, uh, burning off the hair. Okay. And okay. Uh, Donny Cates said, sure, that's canon now. See how easy this is? <laughs> Uh, and then also after that, he says, also, Beta Red Bill pr- prefers Twizzlers to Red Vines. Silver Surfer has never seen Jurassic Park. Eddie Brock is a, a, an amazing bowler. And Thanos can speak fluent Spanish. Spider-Man has a gym membership. He never uses it. All canon. <laughs> All canon. All because of Donnie Cates? Yep. <laughs> okay. I agree with everything except for the Twizzlers thing. But then again, like Venom being an anti-hero. Wait, was it Venom that likes the Twizzlers? No. Uh, Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill. See, no, I, I like Beta Ray Bill, and there's no way that he could like Twizzlers because those are disgusting. <laughs> you know, I'm still thinking that uh, Beta Ray Bill is going to be the character that uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale no, he's playing a he's playing a villain. He's playing the the was it oil tycoon that Jane oh, Foster the guy. Yeah, the Roxxon guy that Jane Foster's enemy is. Huh. Uh, I mean, honestly, he works for it. I kind of imagine the he Roxxon turns into a Minotaur. Yeah, yeah, he, he's fucking crazy. He's scary as shit in the, the Thor comics. Well, actually, no, that's the arc they're doing. That's awesome. I read those comics. This is going to be dope. <laughs> what were you saying, John? Uh, so I was going to say, if we're going to talk about breaking news, then we also have to mention the latest casting rumor, or now it's been confirmed, I think. Yeah, confirmed. For, what, Johnny Depp? No. Oh. No, for season two of uh, The Mandalorian. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Rosario Dawson's been cast as Ahsoka. What's her last name? Tano. Tano. There you go. Uh, I assume everybody's happy with this. Apparently, fans were just, you know, wanting this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But now I'm grumpy about it because John brought up other things. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, I mean, you just, there's, Dave Chappelle said it best. Hollywood is no place for moral absolutism. There's going to be some people that have done some really bad things, but they make really good art, so... You just gotta gotta take the good with the bad sometimes. I don't know, I, I'm in that position now where it's like, like there are so many people, so many actors, creative types, and everything like that out there. That if we uh, if we're done with one, that's okay. We've got more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that her breaking up with Eric Andre was going to be this devastating to you, Stephen. But okay, yeah, yeah coming deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there are. Far better reasons that we've been told about recently for other creative types <laughs> that that shouldn't be the one to cut somebody out. It, it really isn't. It's, it's, it's not. It's not the Eric Andre one. No. Um, since it's like it's unsubstantiated as of yet. Like I don't. I don't want to just like spit stuff Got into it. the ether. But yeah, Maybe. she she might be she might be a doo doo person. I don't know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. There you go. Um, we'll let the courts play that one now. Yeah. Well, uh, in season two of how do you think they're going to pull off this makeup or CGI of her character? Because obviously she doesn't look like a Twi'lek, right? Uh, but no, she's got the face shape, though. She's a different Oh, it's a different alien. Sorry. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I've seen some fan concepts of what she could look like, and... It's really not that bad to pull off with makeup. I mean, it's basically just have like a slightly orange tint to her face or maybe even keep her natural color and you could still pull it off. You would just need to have some like white highlights um, on the face. Think kind of like Gamora. Okay. You know, where she's green, but she has like these little silver highlights. So it's not going to look good? <laughs> Ouch. Or like a headdress. A headdress, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is whether or not that headpiece is going to be practical or CG. I would imagine practical. They had a similar character in Revenge of the Sith, who was unfortunately deleted from the movie, Shock T. But I think she's the same alien race, and that was basically all done practical. Mm. It's a Togruta, by the way, is her species. Ah, Yes. And, uh, I am Togruta. I would think the the biggest thing for me would be if uh, if she's gonna be doing any because at, at this point she's not really a Jedi anymore. If anything, she's kind of like a gray Jedi, but she left the order, I believe. And I'd be curious to see if uh, when they run into her, if she's gonna be sort of like an Obi Wan type character where she's a hermit, or if she's still gonna have her Force and lightsaber skills sharpened which that's what i'd be looking forward to the most is seeing her do some uh some like lightsaber combat or action wait john what who are the people that utilized the the what is it the lightsaber the yellow lightsaber black lightsaber whatever the color was for this last season that we saw uh that was the the sentinels i think okay from the the old jedi temple thing whatever that was yeah for the yellow was the sentinels Okay, yeah. yeah. And the black I, was a Mandalorian. 
It's the only one of its kind, a Mandalorian lightsaber. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah I was I was wondering if that stuff might play into that because I feel like that's what they're going to explore in this next season in some way, and I think she'll be tied into that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so was she one of the voices that Ray hears at the end of this last movie, Rise of Skywalker? Yes, yes she is. It, and I assume voiced by the person that voiced her in the cartoons? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, anything as a person who's never seen the animated series needs to know about the character before going into the Mandalorian? Uh, she was a Padawan to Anakin, and she left the Order before um, Order 66 happened. And... In, I haven't seen the Rebel show, but in the Rebel show, I think she sort of trains one of the, not Jedi kids, but one of the Force user kids, too. It's not, not Ezra? Yeah, Ezra. Yeah, Ezra. Okay. There we go. That's his name. <clears throat> and she's I, just a relative badass. Like, everybody seems to love her character. I think she's yeah, everything she, that Anakin was supposed to be. Yeah, basically. She, she starts out, like, kind of sort of just like Anakin, like, kind of sort of annoying in your face. But she she goes on her own journey and she she has a really good character development. Like you really do start out kind of like not liking her too much. But by the end, you think she's the most badass thing ever and sold on her character. And it's kind of sort of like she left the Jedi Order, but she's more of a Jedi than other Jedi within the Order kind of sort of thing. Jedi. Yeah, she kind of <laughs> saw the hypocrisy of like the Jedi Order and was like, screw this. Yeah, that is basically what happens. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, I look forward to seeing uh, Ahsoka in the second season of Mandalorian, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then I guess it's on to me. Right? Yep. Yeah. No, we did yours already, Mitch. Oh, okay. Well, then, you know what? We'll just go straight into the Russian. (laughs) 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 Well, onward as... Everybody said is in the theaters, but you can't go see it in the theaters. So you can check it out when it comes to streaming on Disney <laughs> Plus in the next couple of weeks, or VOD. I'm sure I don't know what what they're. I Disney's think it's on do. VOD already, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, okay. they're they're doing both. It's VOD right now, and then the 31st, I think, is when it hits Disney Disney Plus. This it, this is all this is really weird to what's going on with movies right now. Yeah, I I love it. the The idea of all the jobs that people have been told can't be done from home being done from home, uh, every everything else changing so much. I I I am so curious to see everything that nets out from all of this. I I wonder if there will be some kind of changes just in general for everyday life. Obviously, yeah. people won't wash their hands like they're supposed to still, but <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, let's see. I have two things. So I watched season two of Altered Carbon. Ooh. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first season. I'll, I'll put that out there right now. Me freaking neither. I, I didn't finish it. You didn't finish it? I mean, you should definitely finish it because the ending is great, but I didn't enjoy it as much. There was a lot of differences, and then I really feel like this could have been this should have been their season three. I, I know yeah. Netflix is is real weird about how many seasons they give things, but most of the time they at least give them three seasons. This should have been their season three. There should have been something else for season two. Um, it felt uh, like there was a season two and we just didn't see it. Well, that's how I felt with the show the first time around too. Like, uh, there's just a lot of stuff that they throw out there that you're. It seems like you're already supposed to know about, and 
you just have to kind of pick up on it as you're going. Yeah, the, the one thing that bugged me is that they never, ever, ever in the first season, I love the first season, but they never go into why they call the people who are long-lived meths. Yeah, I, I totally they forgot just, about they, that too when we when you come up to the second season. The, the second season starts off with someone killing meths and they're calling them meth killer. And I'm like, I don't understand. Does this have to do with like meth from our time? Like kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's because of Methuselah from the Bible. Ah. Like the the only reason I even know that in any way, shape, or form is because like I grew up as a Mormon kid and did freaking seminary. Like that's the only reason. <laughs> Makes sense. I sworn we talked about that. I don't like, remember us talking about that at all, John. I well, I don't blame you for blocking it out. I guess, but I, <laughs> I feel like that was something we did discuss because like, why are they called that? And and that I came up. Maybe even. Uh, our other guest that was on at the time, Brian and Gabby. That. Yeah. I, I do know that we had that conversation, so I wasn't as lost on that. Mm. Well, that's what the, one of the problems I had with the second season is that it felt like they also were throwing back to a lot of stuff from first season that I just did not remember. Um, so it was, it was hard to, to follow, but it was still was a good show. It just wasn't as good as the first season for me. It felt like, it felt like a bad sci-fi series for this, the second, like sci-fi channel series. No. Like n- none of the characters had value from the first season. Like everyone in the first season I loved. Like um, uh. even though Takeshi Kovacs is a whole piece of shit, like I still enjoyed the intricacies of his character. Um, the girl, the one who what, her, her stack was damaged. Uh, oh, Elizabeth? Yeah, 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 Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, uh, like she even had like even though her arc was cheesy in the first season, like it was still good, and I still liked her when she came into her own and everything. Right. And Poe was amazing. Yeah. This this yeah. season, I couldn't care less about Poe. Takeshi Kovacs, like I feel nothing, even though Anthony Mackie's supposed to be a good actor. He is a good actor, but I'll say this: I definitely like Joel Kinnaman better. <laughs> yeah. But that might just be because I saw him first. Like that's who I got well, used to. The only other thing I would say for that is that the other guy who plays like OG Takeshi Kovacs, like original sleeve Takeshi, like he's good too. Even you know what I I hated? They kept calling um that that guy the birth sleeve, but that's not even his original sleeve. Yeah, it was no the Brian Mann was the original sleeve. The actor Brian Mann. Yeah, I mean, look in the credits they call him OG uh, Kovacs, and then. This guy, I forget what his his actual name is. He's on The Good Doctor. He uh he's the the one that met up with Qualcrest the first time around. It, it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh we'll definitely have to do a overtime <laughs> where, where the people who have watched this would talk about this. Now, is that the show that's also an anime right now? Yes. Yes. And I have and not Jack. watched the anime. Same. Do you think that might fill in the gaps between the two seasons? I don't think it fills in the gaps between the two seasons. From what I understand, it's another adventure, but it would have to take place before the second season at some point, either before the first season or before the second season. Maybe we find out how he became a lounge singer. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> that, that, honestly, that, that was a jarring one in the beginning, too. I, I don't think that if they called that guy the original one, I get it, but... That guy felt like he was at Takeshi after he had gone through all the training with Kelchris. 
Yeah, that is he is the one that after he went to the chaining Kelchris, but he had another body before that. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's the body that you see in the first season that's fighting in the arena. What? Yeah. It's weird, but that's his original body. Huh. Maybe uh, that okay. maybe that's why they don't, they don't call that a sleeve because that's your birth body. So the first sleeve is your birth your birth sleeve. You know you understand what I'm saying? It's your birthday suit. I suppose I feel birth sleeve should be the first one that you're in. That's you know? what I feel like too, yeah. About, uh, but the, the, these are the intricacies of Ultra Carbon. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the, you have to really learn a whole new set of vocabulary for things to watch this show, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Um, sleep, sense, maths. Yeah. <laughs> so that was I, – I finished that. Um, I finished October Faction, which, once again, do not watch this show. It is bad. <laughs> Um, is is it like Oktoberfest, but like a military team goes in? No, it's. I mean, it is a military team, 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 and it's uh, it's all about monsters and stuff. But they also throw in cyborgs, like just to throw in that. Like you have area. I'm surprised they didn't have aliens at the end of this uh, series. Um, but it's it. You want to talk about bad sci-fi channel shows? This is exactly <laughs> what October Faction is like. For I think sci-fi channel is like, nah, we we want to pass, and Netflix is like, sure, we'll take it. Like, it's, <laughs> it is not good. Um, the last thing, but the thing, I, uh, the second thing I actually wanted to talk about is Spencer Confidential, which is also on Netflix. It's a Netflix, Netflix original movie based off the books um, that the TV show Spencer for Hire was uh, based off of. Um, those were books? Those were books, yes. They were books first. So in the original C- TV series, Robert Ork plays the Spencer character, a cop who goes to jail, gets out of jail, and then becomes somewhat of a PI. Uh, in this new movie, it's Mark Wahlberg, old Marky Mark. Um, he He's a cop, goes to jail for punching out his, uh, his superior officer or his commanding officer, and... Um, after that, he gets out, and people are trying to kill him. And then the guy he went to jail for punching or beating up uh, gets killed, so everybody suspects him of killing him. He has to go and um, uh, solve the murder. I think the, one of the best things about the, the movie, though, is his sidekick partner slash partner in it is the actor who plays... Uh, Oh man, it, uh, the 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 other character from Black Panther. I, why am I blanking on his name now? Which, which like dark which Black other Panther? character? The the Michael B. Jordan. No, not Michael B. Jordan. Um, the the one that is against him, but then is 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 helps him in the end. The oh oh, oh. Winston Winston Duke Winston Duke the Duke. Actor. Thank you. Yes, the name of the the actors went. He plays. A character in this movie and he is straight up hilarious and just great throughout the whole thing and then there's alan alda who's always great so oh alan alda's in it i'm in (laughs) (laughs) if you like action comedies kind of like in the vein of bad boys you should definitely give this a try it's on netflix huh there you go that's everybody's week's watch for the week if i'm sorry did anybody want to discuss any of the things that i i talked about other than alter carbon because we already talked about that quite a bit Nah. Listen, Ultra Carbon Season 2. Uh, <laughs> let, 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 let me begin my 15-minute essay. <laughs> Welcome to Steven's TED Talk. <laughs> uh, 
Let's go ahead and get into Russian Doll since we're talking Netflix. So, episode one, season one, it is called Something About Life. Was it Nothing in This World is Easy? So, Nothing About Life. Um, okay, so as I mean, we talked about it, Stephen watched this whole first season already. Jessica watched the first three episodes and didn't go back. I watched the first episode and didn't go back. John, how many episodes did you watch before, or did you not watch any episodes? No, this is my first time watching it, and I only got through the first episode just to make sure I didn't get too far ahead. Okay. And Elizabeth hadn't seen any of it. I hadn't even heard of it. Didn't even know anything about the show. <laughs> well, I I was I was singing its praises to the to the rooftops. <laughs> even yeah. even to the point where he you you designed something. You made you made you draw you drew something and then the creator of the show actually talked to you on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, they retweeted me. It was great. Oh, that's what, what that was. All right. It was a bad drawing in, in, in retrospect, but it happens. To be fair, all both you and Mitch watch a lot of things and recommend a lot of things that are probably <laughs> excellent. I can barely get through one thing other than our required thing, so I have something to talk about at Geek's Watch. <laughs> so I can't keep track. <laughs> um, so, Stephen, just in general, like... Obviously, you enjoy the show a lot. Like, what is it that peaks to you, speaks to you about this show? I mean, even if it weren't the rest of the series itself, which I do enjoy a lot, I think there's a lot of, um, like, pulling life apart to examine mm. it. Okay. Um, uh, I just like Natasha Leon's character in this. Oh, okay. Like, I, I would watch this character in any other kind of series. Like, like. <laughs> Like a, a romantic period piece, I'd watch it. Uh, sassy comedy, I'd watch it. <laughs> so the, the the crass, sarcastic, you know, leading lady. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Stephen and I sort of had a behind the scenes conversation about Natasha Leone, how we're both uh, smitten by her. Yeah. And she's like that psycho ex girlfriend that you just can't help but go back to every so often. <laughs> <laughs> We, we both have problematic romantic interests in our past, and Natasha Leon's character smacks of all of those. Oh, oh no. Strong women are folly. <laughs> See, and I really liked the character for very different reasons. Oh, yes. That makes sense. What, what, what was the, the reason that you liked the character that's, that's I, in contrast to it? I really like the character because this is not typical of a leading lady role mm-hmm. okay. and so i like to see the depth of of these emotions and that you know leading ladies can have these emotions and I, i'm hoping that you know there's also more emotions farther emotions like we see two very different characters from her in this first episode mm-hmm. and, and the way she responds to things um so I like that fast changing depth of the character. I I, I would agree. Um, I it it turns out um, it's crazy, uh, but not everyone is just uh, Kathleen Turner and uh, the other guy from Romancing the Stone. That's not <laughs> Michael the Douglas. Only kind of people that yeah, it's not just Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. That's yeah. not who every boy and girl are in That's, the entire world. You you picked such a strange. Examples. 
Okay, uh, like he's well, he's supposed to be like he's not handsome, but they say he's handsome in the movie. <laughs> but, and, and he like swings handsome, from yeah. like he swings from vines and stuff. And she's supposed to be a pretty person. And she's like taken with him, but then also not taken with him. I don't know. It turns out that's not all couples ever. But it's a loathing to love relationship. Okay. But like even more than that, like she starts out like, yes, her first iteration in this very first episode is very crass, very blunt, very sarcastic. And then in the second round in this same episode, you see fear and Mm -hmm. panic and love and emotions and all of those things that if a female character is written as crass and sarcastic, you don't get to see. Yeah. They're only ever that outer layer. They're not, they're not the inside yeah. of the Ferrero Rocher, just the nutty outside. Yes. <laughs> so that's why I particularly like this. So I think it's character. interesting that you bring that up because Natasha Leone obviously has been typecasted for a very long time as yeah. the sassy, crass best friend, usually a supportive role to whoever's going to. She doesn't have too many leading roles, I think, but I'm a cheerleader is her only lead role um, in that she is playing down the crassness because she's supposed to be the wholesome yeah. cheerleader homecoming queen and then yeah. turns out that she, you know, she's homosexual and then she gets sent to the conversion champ camp or whatever, you know, conversion therapy cha- camp. Um, that movie's really weird, by the way. If nobody's seen it before, <laughs> it's got such a strange production design. It looks like it was directed by Tim Burton or something. What? Like, See, I was... I always got it was more of a, it seemed more like a Tromaville kind of like production design. Like it's almost as, uh, as if Tromaville tried to do a, okay. a romantic comedy instead of doing weird monster movies. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm so curious, John, because like I, John and I both like films that are weird and off-putting to the general populace at times. Uh, and John just called that movie weird. <laughs> so have you not seen But I'm a Cheerleader? No, I'm oh, very curious. You should it's definitely a check it out. Forward story, but yeah. the way it was shot, like it uses some really odd choices of camera angles, where there's definitely some like fisheye lens in some cases, where like it makes the corners of rooms look rounded, and the colors that they use, especially for the conversion camp, it just gives everything a very surreal uh, appearance for what would normally be just kind of a mundane environment. It basically, it's. Uh, there's a lot of uh, like Terry Gilliam might be a better example of what I'm trying to describe here, <clears throat> or okay. uh, Crybaby with Johnny Depp, or yes, I've never seen Crybaby. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm with you, Stephen. I have not a clue. <laughs> That's John Waters, isn't it? John? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is John, John Waters. Um. So yeah, if. Natasha Leone definitely I believe the first episode the first round as you put it which is mm-hmm. a good idea um, is playing her typical character and then she has to change up because her world is being changed yeah. uh, should, should we do any like plot thing for anybody like don't like, we don't have to do blood like broad um, plot stuff but uh, we're obviously going to see this beginning scene get a retread yeah. Yes, I, I think it's okay to, to dive to dive in on this one to talk about the things the the different things going forward in this world. So a quick synopsis. Yeah, just like a, the beginning of it. So the first 
beginning of the episode is is Natasha Leone at a at a party. Turns out to be the birthday party for herself, or it's her birthday party, but thrown by one of her friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people. This is kind of a I, I don't know if saying a bohemian apartment kind of created yeah. creative. Yeah, nice, nice apartments in Netflix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice big apartments too. Yeah, yeah. in the it, middle of New York City, they have amazing apartments. Wherever they're at. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but as she's there, she you know talks with her friends, then hooks up with a guy. They go uh, to does do they go? They first they, they go to a bodega, and then they go to her apartment. I assume. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. the impression I got. And then uh, he leaves. She goes out to get some more cigarettes. Sees her cat that she's been talking about throughout the whole episode being missing. Oatmeal. Or, oatmeal. Oatmeal. And then as she goes to retrieve the cat, steps into traffic, gets hit by a taxi cab, wakes up once again in the party. So at that point, we we come to realize it's it's a Groundhog's Day, Edge of Tomorrow kind of scenario where she's reliving the same period of time over and over again mm-hmm. um and in every scenario where we've seen this type of plot happen she doesn't believe that she's reliving the thing it's more of a deja vu thing like oh i've experienced this kind of stuff but she comes to it pretty quickly that no i've i just died yeah. and people I, look at her crazy yeah. i like that they don't like play with that too much like the character's like what happened she's like no i'm groundhog day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. she adapts very quickly <laughs> yeah. so steven is would that be a pretty good synopsis or would you add anything else no um i i mean i think um like uh the the birthday party it seems like her relationships with people are deep while also being very surface level very surface other. yeah um like there's clearly more to the relationships. Like everyone seems to care for each other and stuff and other people who are like cartoonishly, um, like cartoonishly aloof, like the guy that she ends up hooking up with. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's just a whole bag of shit, which is Alec from the outsider. Yeah. Yeah, When when we were watching the show, there's a lot of cast overlap (laughs) and the outsider because her ex husband, ex boyfriend Uh is also Sablo from the outsider. Yes. Yeah. Ex, ex-boyfriend is yeah. it boyfriend yeah okay uh but yeah um oh the, the one phrase that has stuck with me higher times to watch this series is sweet birthday baby <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna ask you how tired am i gonna be of of that song by the end of this first season gotta get up gotta get down <laughs> i think they everything that they do in this series i think this series is damn near perfectly put together okay <laughs> yeah in every way the parts where you'd be like i'm fucking sick of this so is natasha leon <laughs> uh okay so yes we do see uh the fact that she has a relationship with two different men in this one first episode um so, so to girl. speak what was that <laughs> go girl that's what he said oh i and i don't mean sex in a way i'm just saying that we show her in two different relationships the one with the guy that she just hooks up with the other one with her ex who wants to take care of her but then also wanted to just have sex with her like i it's a really realistic like portrayal of a relationship where people are basically done with each other but they can't quite cut the ties that bind them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and just the complexities of trying to 
date when you're not a teenager or in college. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like it, it turns out the, the relationships that you have that you invest a whole bunch of time into um, end up becoming your closest friends. And when you guys aren't together anymore, that doesn't just go away. And you still have to talk to each other about new relationships and different stuff. And it's a lot. Ugh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Je- Jessica, because, what, oh, go ahead. Sorry, because we were talking about like how well-rounded of a character she was, I decided to look up the writers of the show. Mm-hmm. And it looks like all of them are women, including yep. Natasha Leone and Amy Fuller. So okay. it makes a lot of sense why this is such good writing for and females. They made it a point also um, to actually keep that. Um, a lot of other like uh, supporting production people, also women. Mm-hmm. So it's it's comprehensively good. This is so cozy. So I'm glad I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, uh, uh, Jessica, what did you think is significant in this first episode for the rest of the series? Because like we spend we spend a good chunk of it on what's her job. We spend a, a good chunk of it on uh, her cat, and then also with this homeless man that's outside of the party, so to speak. Um, I would say definitely the characters that you see and even the characters you don't even pay attention to within this first episode are going to get explored later on for sure. John, what do you think? Yeah, kind of similar to that, that uh, there's probably stuff that we haven't noticed yet, but that's going to play a much bigger part later. And we'll, I think it's one of those shows that's going to benefit from like rewatches. Yeah. Where if you start it over again, you'd be like, oh, I see where they set this up here. And, you know, you wouldn't have even have noticed. Like, I'm thinking there's something about that bathroom. Oh. It's probably, like, there's some really interesting, like, geodesic decorations in there. The slightly vaginal door, you mean? I mean, slightly. They call it a vaginal <laughs> door. That's, that's, vagina. The, that's the whole artistic attempt. <laughs> yeah. With, with, a, there, yes. with a firearm with a, for the handle. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a very vul- vulva resembling uh, decoration on that door, but <laughs> it's vulva. Where I was going with that is that maybe there's something about what they used to make this bathroom, and it's just a dumb theory, um, but it's what sets off the the uh, the time loop that we're experiencing. Like maybe it's like some kind of a safe box, like the one in Primer. Ah, well, I mean, you have to, have to take into account because she mentions she mentions. Throughout most uh, throughout the episode, that this used to be a Jewish school, a shiva. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, is that- well, and that was going to be one of my asides. Is is all of the, well, in particular in this episode, Jewish references, but religious references, the yeshiva school, cocaine in the weed, because that's the way the Israelis do it. Right. <laughs> which, I mean, I guess I don't know that that's not a thing, but <laughs> not something that's well known to me. Um, and just some of those other and all of the discussions in the in the first round of the episode with the guy that she ends up fucking that discussing those. Um, it, he makes while they are not anti well they are not anti-Semitic, they are a lot of the stereotypes he runs through but he explains them as basis for other things. But he runs through a lot of what used to be and still are very anti-Semitic stereotypes Mm. in his discussions. Um, I don't know if that'll have a bigger relevance or if that's just something that the writers threw in. (laughs) Go ahead, Stephen. 
there's there's an interesting bit in in this whole series that's kind of like, um, you know, there, there's some things that people talk about like they're just facts or whatever, and they just like breeze past them. Um, even if they have a big connective tissue to those things, they're just like, eh, you know, and they just keep going past it. The yeah. way that, um, I like, uh, like anything from, um, be like being Jewish, Jewish, Jewish culture, anything like that. It's, it's talked about in such broad strokes, like the way that I grew up with, um, Hispanic culture treating Catholicism. Fair. Where think things are so like it's just like oh you know like we just do these things and that's just like done mm-hmm. uh, and it's part of like a, a, some religious thing but it's like eh not really though not for me so oh yeah yeah growing up Catholic yeah it's one step away from voodoo basically <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so one of the things that I really enjoyed about this first episode and I, I'm sure that it gets nailed down later but. Unlike Groundhog's Day, where you kind of just, you know, uh, uh, are okay with the time the time loop because it's Groundhog's Day. Like, that seems to com- become the consensus that it's because it's Groundhog's Day, he is now repeating the, the day. Edge of Tomorrow, it's aliens. The alien blood allows him to repeat the day over and over. Uh, if you watch Happy Death Day, the way she's repeating is because of a science experiment. This first episode gives, at least in my mind, gives me so many different reasons of what it is. It's either maybe it's the 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 school, maybe it's the the bathroom, maybe it's the the cat, maybe it's the uh-huh. homeless man. Like all these things are the reason why she's dying over and over again. I think it has something to do with because um, the piece that I found most interesting is during the second round in this episode, we find out it's her thirty sixth birthday and she's made it to an age past her mom. Correct. And so yeah. I think. That might be. And that what could, it yeah, that definitely it. could be another thing. Yeah, like that's the, what I'm most interested in. Uh, but one thing that I also think, because as we see in this in the first episode, she hooks up with that one guy. Now, like John said, there's a bunch of different characters that are walking around in this party that we don't know about, and we probably will see later on in the episodes. But because she doesn't leave with that guy in the in the second round. She talks to her therapist who shows up, or at least a therapist. A I don't know. A friend who's, it, she specifically says, You're not my therapist. Not my therapist. Okay. Yeah. So, th- this lady, I 100% think this role was written for Carrie Fisher to have played. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can she, definitely see that. Oh. What'd you like, say, John? This lady's also perfect. John, what'd you say? No, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was like, Is it Carrie Fisher? Like, <laughs> it's not, but. It's, she's certainly playing the same kind of like, mm-hmm. like I could see Carrie Fisher being that, that, that character. Right. Um, so yeah, because she didn't leave with that guy, the, the, she meets up with that, uh, with that character. Um, but then she also ends up seeing her ex. Um, and then we get to the part where she gets oatmeal back but then oatmeal disappears, and then what was it that knocks her into the into the river? I think she, yeah, just she just loses just her balances. Oh, I thought I heard a hit something like hit her or something like that. So just lost her balance because she freaks out. The cat's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody think that maybe it's parallel dimensions? 
Am I the I only one that went there? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I imagine Steven is just like sitting over there, like holding everything in at the moment. <laughs> no, you, you guys have all said things that I, I went through. For this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. I mean, I, I guess it's a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't know why I don't think so. I just don't think so. Because she is very aware that like the key is making it through the night. Because she's sitting with oatmeal and she says to him, we did it. We made it. We did it. We made it. Is it possible? Did we make it? Yeah, it looks like we made it. And you can tell that the sun's just getting ready to come up. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a thing that happens in, in Groundhog's Day. He's like, oh, he thought if, or she thought, hey, we made it past midnight. He's like, that's not how it works. And she's like, you knew that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> like, no, I get it. But she's. You so what if she were to just go to sleep? Like, do you think that would? I mean, does she have to die for the for the night to repeat? I mean, she clearly had a concussion from that first thing, so you're not supposed to fall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I well, I think we're gonna find out in the second episode because I think that's what she's trying to do at the end is when she when her ex tells her to be careful. She's like, be careful. So she ignores oatmeal. Mm. And then starts walking away, and I think she is trying to go to sleep. Okay, so uh, Jessica, what what else do you uh, think of this first episode? What what's something that stuck out to you? Um. Well, I had watched the first three episodes. I don't know why I never picked it back up. Now that I'm watching it, I was like, no, I really like the show. Why did I never finish it? It probably just got shoved aside or something else started or whatever. But um, I definitely, like kind of what John mentioned, I definitely, even within three episodes, I realized the setup for some things that happen. So. And how, how do you feel? I mean, obviously, yes, you, you've watched the first three episodes already. Like, <laughs> how do you feel about the uh, the rest of the season going forward? Like, you're, you're, even though you didn't go back to it the first time around, like, mm-hmm you're in for it this time other than the fact that we have to do it for the show. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm very in for it. I I really like the writing style. I I really don't know why I never went back to it. Like, I'm really like, what, like how dumb was I that I didn't (laughs) ever go back to it? Like, (laughs) and John, what are you expecting for the rest of the season? Um, I don't know. I'm in for the ride. Uh, didn't mention it earlier, but you know, being the, the fan of cinematography. I really love their use of color so far in mm-hmm. this show. They're so bright mm-hmm. and vibrant, even in the dark environments. Um, I don't have to look into who's doing it, but it very much reminds me of uh, the guy that did uh, things like The Matrix, um, Bill Pope, I think. And um, there was uh, something that we touched on earlier that I also think has something to do with this and that I'm curious to explore further. And Beth touched up on it where she's she has a sort of fear of death or mortality. She made many references to how she's, you know, 36. So she's like, uh, didn't expect to live this far. And she smokes and unhealthy and all that stuff. Well, she's a cockroach, right? She'll live and she'll live through anything. She'll outlive everybody, (laughs) according to her friend. You call me a fucking cockroach? No, no, I am not I'm a cockroach. See more themes if this is some way of dealing with uh, with her mortality, of um, 
maybe this experience is going to maybe show her like, hey, you know, like maybe death isn't so bad or maybe there's some things that are worse than death. Mm. So okay. I'm kind of seeing if that's where this goes. Uh, Elizabeth, is there anything in particular that you want them to focus more on in this rest of the season? I guess I, I'm, I'm looking forward to probably exploring how her, um, how she deals with things change, how her emotions kind of change. I honestly mostly just expect a lot of frustration and confusion on my part, <laughs> which I think is the point. Yes. Um, but I, I imagine I'm going to get very frustrated that it doesn't feel like we're moving anywhere, even though we will be moving places. <laughs> and I imagine there's going to be a lot of confusion on my part just in terms of what does that mean? Does that mean anything? Mm-hmm. Should that mean something? Am I supposed to be paying attention or am I missing what I'm supposed to be paying attention to? So I imagine I'm going to get just a lot of frustration and confusion. <laughs> uh, Steven, I have two questions for you. The first question you don't have to actually answer because it's more just for me. Uh, <laughs> is the fact that she is a video game developer important for the rest of the season? Um. <laughs> I don't. Does anyone feel like this is a really big thread that they're following with this one? I do. Like, does anyone have any big any big investment in this idea? Other than me? Yeah. Uh, it sounds no. like no. <laughs> sounds like nobody else is into that. Okay. No, it has absolutely nothing. Okay. The other. Uh, I th- thought it was going to. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping she would use her logic as a programmer or whatever to kind of help unravel this. It, it's a thing that um, she approaches, but honestly, you guys have basically seen the entire use of it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I feel the, like... Go ahead, Jessica. I, I feel like I wouldn't like it as much if it was so important that she was a video game developer. Like, that, because it's fair. not a typical female job, like, I feel like I would hate that that was the focus of it. Because it kind of makes it stereotypical. Okay. To me. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, maybe she's inside a virtual reality game and she's forgot so she's stuck in like these are just her extra lives <laughs> I, I have a question for you oh, okay you watched the doom patrol series the recent one i did does the cat lotion play a big role in the series the cat lotion no no the cat named lotion, lotion capital l yeah <laughs> cat named lotion seeing as I'm it doesn't look like mitch no. doesn't remember yeah, I, don't the rem- I don't remember a cat <laughs> okay yeah because uh i love that show for, too and i don't remember a cat uh in doom patrol um the the recent comic because they, they took old doom patrol and new doom patrol and basically put them together to make that series right? right yes uh in new doom patrol lotion plays a massive kind of catalytic like uh catalyst kind of role okay and mm-hmm. it's weird because they both ha- both of the cats have weird names um like oatmeal <laughs> loves- well, oatmeal's not cat. that weird of a name yeah but uh, they're object names basically right um and uh they both serve this the same kind of purpose no oh, and so okay. I, like, when i first started watching russian doll i was like what <laughs> okay so yeah no the in the show doom patrol the cat doesn't play a big role at all does Casey exist season. at all in there? I don't think so. Ah, fuck. Now I don't even want to watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other question to you, Stephen, is that seeing as how the rest of us have talked about this first episode, who are you the most excited for out of us for the rest of the season? If that makes Honestly, any sense. Honestly, all, all of you guys? 
Okay. <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys all said different threads that I was like, ooh, what about this? What about this? Like, uh, basically watching the show was like me trying to trace wood grain lines in like a plank of wood. Ah. Like, none, none of the lines really come together. And if they do, it doesn't mean anything at the end of that line of wood grain, you know? Sounds good. All right. Then that's, uh, <laughs> I, that's what I wanted to know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're all on board. So, John. Where can people find you online? I am at Magic Bollocks on Twitter. Uh, Steven? Uh, you can find me on across all social media platforms as either Peppermint Gentleman, singular, or Peppermint Gent, shorter, when they don't let me have more characters in my name. <laughs> Jessica? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey Writes. I am on Twitter as Mitchipedia G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Elizabeth, where can everybody find Geek Elite Media and yourself? I don't know. You say it. I, <laughs> I don't memorize it. You can find episodes of this podcast and other podcasts archived. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so you can find Elizabeth and the rest of Geek Elite Media on Twitter at Geek Elite Media and then at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. As Stephen said, archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts are on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out out. and wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) This concludes our broadcast. Peace.